Deep Knitter contains explicit content. It is also fact-checked-ish. We try our best. Listener discretion is advised. This is Deep Nerder, the podcast where we talk about true crime, nostalgia, murder. These are your hosts, Kelsey. I'm Jill. And I'm Britt. Booyah. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed in the coffin. I have a little bit longer hair right now, so I'm like trying to I don't know how to clip up. No, well, I don't know how to like style it because I it's like long for me. Yeah. So I I, I you're gonna love this. I am gonna love it. I can tell <laughs> the resistance alone. I'm like <laughs> what's going on? I went to Shoppers Drug Mart. Nice. I love it. And I bought the uh I don't know what it's called it's like the beach curl spray like you spray your wet hair and you scrunch it and like oh. make it look like the 90s you know cool like, like literal wet be- boost <laughs> no no it's like it's like a liquid you shake it and you like it's got a little squirt you spray her all over and yeah, like, I, like, I definitely had some as a kid but now I'm trying to remember what the hell that would have been I think it was just called beach curls yeah it's like watered down gel. I don't know. <laughs> Not sea salt spray. Yeah, basically. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. cool. I love that shit. Yeah. So I put that shit I, on everything. <laughs> I put that shit on everything. Um. Yeah, and I also bought like a mousse because I was like, I need fucking reinforcement because I have a little curl to my hair. Yeah. But, but like, not enough for that to be, like, like no. Are you gonna put a bunch of mousse in your wet hair and just scrunch and? leave the house i do <laughs> nice yeah you need one of those like weird i i think only soccer players wear them now it's kind of like no a jaw stretchy thing i don't want headband. it uh-uh. yeah you need it and then you no. have to put a bunch of moose in the back no <laughs> i look like hair. i look like russell tyber <laughs> that's one of that's one of the wfc players <laughs> just, yeah. just so right. you know just so you know but uh no, i'm looking <laughs> I wanted to know how you, to spell Brett <laughs> because what yeah, happens she had is, me I, yeah, what happens is I have a, like my horrible calyx, as you remember. Mm-hmm. And, and then so, like, my hair can only part here. So I barret back here and then I scrunch all and everything else. Oh, and kind of nice. curly. Yeah, so I want it's some symmetrical. pretty. Symmetrical. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, like, I'm at. 80s cheerleader or something <laughs> yeah definitely yeah and then to, to boot I wore uh pink leather pants well they're pleather to work on the weekend so I had a whole look perfect everyone's like wow yeah, everyone was <laughs> like that yeah accurate. what kind of breaths are they are they just like the clampy like the clip ones oh, are they like are they pink well, they will be pink when I buy them Right now, oh, they haven't gotten them yet. No, right now they're called a bobby pin. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, does the trick. It's not like, yeah. it's not like, why well, you can get cool colors of bobby pins too now. Yeah. Those ones tear your hair out though. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. I just want, I just want some clips because I've never needed them before and I'm um, just kind of living my life. Please, you can get some with stars on them. Yeah, glittery things and like hearts. Maybe even tie-dye. Maybe even tie-dyed. Oh. Oh, my God. 
What's the topic for today? Tie dye. Tie dye. Tie dye. Tie dye. I'm actually now looking for some tie dyed clips. I definitely had some. It, they were like this weird jelly kind of paint pen stuff on top of a basic silver snap clip. Oh, that's like, cool. And I would just pull them off because it'd be so satisfying to pull that off of it. Oh, I think I had those. Yeah. Or a, a variety of that. There were sparkles, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Mom oh, would yeah. Go, she'd be pissed because she's like, these are like $2 at the dollar store. Yeah. Like, what the fuck and are you doing, kid? you're making them look like the dollar version? And I'm like, yeah. Oops. Why? Why? It's, it's so satisfying, Mom. She's like, I don't care. Get a job. Yeah, get a job. Buy your own stinking clips. Totally. <laughs> yeah, that's a mood for sure. I definitely, definitely remember getting a bunch of funky. I mean, it was the '90s. That's what we wore. We had a whole bunch of weird things that we put oh, in our yeah. hair. Jaw clips. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Clips. Hell yeah. All the things. Butterfly clips. Butterfly clips. clips. I have just <laughs> clips were really cool. Clips were a fucking banger. Do you remember those butterfly clips that um, were like 3D? Like they were oh, actual butterfly with the little yeah. tiny springs? No, that's yeah. exactly where I went in my head. Those are cool. Yeah, we My mom still has ours and she'll like plop them in her hair sometimes. It's really cute. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because it's mostly like, oh, there's some hair that's not like sitting back into my braid. And I ran out of ha- hair clips because all 20 of them are already in my hair. So I'll just add this... <laughs> 3D butterfly clip. And I like, you don't realize how cute that is, Mom. <laughs> yeah, I love your mom. Yeah, I guess it is pretty cute. <laughs> mom, it's insanely cute. <laughs> <laughs> She's funny. With her braid down her back. Hey, That's so cute. got that butterfly clip in. Get it. Get it, Mom. She's got all the old snap clips that I peeled all the paint off of. Oh, no. oh, what a jerk. You're such a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> She's still using them. Yeah, well, oh, she's man. like, that's good. That was probably just to spite you. She's like, I paid good money for these when these came out in the 90s, and yeah. now they're a buck. Now look it. Yeah. You want them back? Can't have them. Can't have okay. them. I'm I'm using them now. They're mine now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get into this tie-dye topic? Yes, go. Let's do it. Ooh. Um. Yeah, it turns out tie-dye is pretty, I mean, I thought it was cool before. Mm-hmm. Um. Until I started reading, I was like, oh, well, shit cool my uncle is really into tie-dye he sells it yeah what oh yeah he's he's intense and it's funny because my sister and him were chatting and me and her did a tie-dye giant t-shirt last summer yeah and uh she let him know that and but he's like i didn't realize the different methods and the different dyes and whatever but it was just some dollar store tie-dye kit so she was telling him about it and then he writes me he's like, oh like show me the shirt you made i'm like oh it kind of looks like a disease because <laughs> oh, no. it's like i did yellow and red and then blended it so that there's some orange it's like really splotchy i just kind of so, bunched it all up so it too looks like a rotting body basically yeah it's kind of my like little diseased rotting body t-shirt <laughs> and then, oh, he was cute he's a good sport about it he's like Oh yeah, maybe uh, one time if I ever come down there, we could I could show you some different techniques. <laughs> oh my god, I, I like love him. I know I know it cuts. It sucks because he's asking what kind of dye I use too. I'm like I don't know. He's like I use this dye and sometimes I do it on this kind of um, cotton shirt or whatever. I'm like oh, we just kept we just bought a bunch of stuff from the dollar store. <laughs> oh no, poor guy. He probably thought like he was probably like yes. A topic I really know a lot about. We can like 
connect and like compare. And it's We're going to bond. My, yeah, my shirt's just garbage. My sister's at least looks cool, but a <laughs> like you wash it once and it faded out. But hey, whatever. A friend of mine wore a tie dye shirt the other day. And I was like, because like, you know, I like a good tie dye for sure. It's like, oh, it's, yeah. just, it's just like, it, it's how we were raised. I'm into it. Yeah, it's a classic. So, yeah. Classic birthday party thing to do. Totally. So like a friend of mine wore this tie-dye shirt the other day and I was like, oh, that's super nice. And it happens to be like a, a gray a gray tie-dye, like a gray wash tie-dye. Cool. Which is probably my favorite because it's yeah. like. It's, it's pretty not, cool. Yeah, it's kind of funky. Anyways, he's like, oh, I made that. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I made this like six years ago. I was like, huh? Oh. Like, you just And it was really good. I thought it looked like Lululemon. I thought he bought it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, my trainer said that to me last week. She's like, oh, these tie-dye things are so in now. And it's just like a, a band t-shirt that I cut the oh, sleeves off of. Oh, was that the one you were wearing? You wore the one uh, you Yeah, probably. Nice. I'm not wearing it today, I don't think. No, I'm not wearing it today. <laughs> nice. uh, but yeah, I just got bleach on it. So then again, I just kind of scrunched it up randomly. And then mm-hmm. I just took bleach on a, on a, a paintbrush and just kind of mm-hmm. flicked at it. So it looked like something. Cool. Uh, oh yeah, I just fucked it up, so I thought I would make it look deliberate. And she's like, "Oh, oh wow!" No, I yeah, I remember things. you saying that. <laughs> like, ha ha ha! Look at me, fashionable. Well, I didn't even know I was a trend trendsetter. You are such a trendsetter. <laughs> You're out of control. Uh, just going crazy. Yeah, you need to calm down. I gotta calm down, but you know, like to all the hairdressers out there, if you mess up your black outfits with bleach, just tie dye them with more bleach. There you go. It works. The people love it. <laughs> Bex has like black overalls that she did too. And they, they look like cow print kind of. Mm-hmm. And people love them. So, yeah. Oh, that's funky. Note, note to self. Bleach. Cow print. I still, I still have like daydreams about, uh, um, what was I going to say? Shaving my head and dying cow print into it. Oh, cute. Maybe next time. After your perm. Yeah, I want my perm so badly. <laughs> Kelsey wants a perm. I, yeah, Perms like, are also I, in. I told you that Jill said no, right? She's like, your hair needs to grow more still. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know it was a hard no. Well, it wasn't I, a hard. I did take in the you need six more months or so. Yeah, it wasn't a hard no. It was like, we can only do this if we shave the sides and do like a, a normal Kelsey haircut. Yeah. And uh, yeah. she's like, so what do you want? And I'm like, well, I kind of like, I kind of like the long thing that's happening. So she's like, okay, well then you gotta wait. <laughs> yeah. If you like the length it is now, you gotta wait. Curls growing up. I don't like the length it is now. I'm struggling with it, but I like the idea. I like the idea of what the future could hold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, the roller coaster of growing your hair out. It's Correct. a nightmare. <laughs> like it's like trying to tie dye your own shirt at home. Yeah. Which yeah. is a fucking mess. So choose your own mystery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Bex walked into my sister and I tie-dyeing, and <laughs> she's kind of like her eyes went wide. She's like, oh. And then just like walked away because she's like, I can't watch this. My sister yeah. has it under control, but I'm a mess. So. <laughs> Whatever. Luckily, it, it. luckily it was fine. She's like, I'm going to just wait till after before I say anything. <laughs> so did she come to Gibson's and you guys did that? Yeah, yeah. She came for a visit last year. She's like, I bought a tie-dye kit. And I was like, oh, neat. 
Oh my god, I love that. And she left it at my house. So when I come to get my hair done, can we (laughs) tie-dye? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Dale's like, maybe you could tie-dye some of my uh, white metal shirts. Oh, I thought thought my brain went somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Tie-dye him. No, I thought he was going to say, can can we tie-dye some of my white underwear? (laughs) I was like, damn, Dale, that's dope. (laughs) Maybe I'll just do that. Yeah. just have to live with it <laughs> that's it that's what we talked about that's the perfect underwear like a nice little tie-dye where like you can't like a red tie-dye yeah why not because because then like I guess for for men a brown tie-dye would be better yeah definitely cis <laughs> men I mean yeah you, you know yeah you know they fart you know. more so. well whatever I just yeah. like for us a red tie-dye a nice little red tie-dye yeah. would absolve us of all of our weird surprise period stains because we never actually fucking know what day that thing comes on even though we get it once a month no, no you never know <laughs> surprise. Like, i swear it's today and then you wake up the next day you're like nope it's today yeah <laughs> my, my boobs hurt and i'm getting my skin's weird and it should have happened a week ago but we're the yeah. oh there it is <laughs> there it is where's my tie-dyed ginchos <laughs> yeah where's my tie-dyed ginchos <laughs> Fuck. Uh, for next month Maybe yeah. that'll be my new Etsy account because I have so much time on my hands. <laughs> Literally. <sighs> Deep underwear, right. red tie-dyed underwear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it a crime scene or maybe she's just born with it? Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you, you choose. That's a pick your own adventure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get into what Wikipedia has to say about tie-dye. Yeah. That's, you heard yeah. it. You yeah. heard it from here. I'm going back to Wikipedia. Wicka, wicka. Wicka, wicka, what? All right. Tie-dye is a term used to describe a number of resist-dyeing techniques. Yeah, resist-dyeing techniques. Let that... Oh, wow. Look, I didn't even make it into the first <laughs> sentence. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I got distracted. Reno, you're so cute. All right. Moving back. Tie-dye is a term used to describe a number of reset dyeing techniques and the re- and the resulting dyed products of these processes. The process of tie-dye typically consists of folding, twisting, pleating, or crumpling fabric or garment mm-hmm. before binding with string or rubber bands, followed by the application of dye or dyes. I did the crumpling method. Cool. It tied off in sporadic spaces. I don't know what my friend did, but probably it something good. better. Than I, 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 <laughs> I can't comment. It looked it looked great. He did a great job. He did a good job. Yeah, nice. I haven't seen yours, so I can't comment either. I'm sure you uh, also did a great maybe, job. Maybe maybe I'll take a pick of it. If nice. you lucky people. <laughs> the manipulations of the fabric before the application of dye are called resets as they partially uh, or completely prevent resist resist the applied dye from coloring the fabric. Mm-hmm. More sophisticated tie-dye tie may involve additional steps, including initial application of dye before the resets, multiple sequential, sequential dyeing and reset steps, and use of other types of resets, stitching or stenciling, mm-hmm. and discharge. Yeah. So I guess you could just do a base dye, do another scrumple. <laughs> All right. Unlike regular recess dyeing techniques, the modern tie-dye is characterized by the use of bright, saturated primary colors and bold patterns. 
These patterns, including the spiral, that's what my sister did. It actually, nice. it looked pretty good. So that's um, a different way of. Yeah. So you would, I think you tie it and roll it a little bit differently. Okay. Oh shit. I can't remember how she did it. The way she had to like spiral it or like roll it or whatever, and then use the elastic bands. It kind of looked like a little, um, like deep dish pizza looking thing. <laughs> oh, oh, actually, I think I know what you're talking. Yeah, I can see it. In my yeah. Head. And then the little slices, like the pizza slices between the bands would be different yeah. colors. And okay. that would ultimately be spiral. Yeah. If I remember correctly, yeah. she was reading instructions. So. And you just <laughs> went for it. I just, I didn't read any instructions. I never read instructions. I probably should more often. <laughs> It either it either happens quickly or I take the really long route. So it balances out ultimately. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So there's spiral method. There's the Mandela method and the peace sign uh, amongst others, I'm sure. And the use of multiple bold colors have become cliched since the peak popularity of tie dye and the U.S. in the 60s and 70s. The vast majority of tie-dye garments and objects produced for wholesale distribution use these designs with many being mass-produced. Imagine a mass, like a massive tie-dyeing warehouse. Just production line. I wonder if they just stamp it on there. Like, I don't know. In the 21st Uh, century. (laughs) You know what? I think it would be if it was done correctly, which who the fuck knows. I think it would be like um, like they would tie-dye an entire hunk of fabric and then cut it up for the T-shirts. Yeah, actually, that, that makes – that's more efficient, I'd say. That's, that's where my brain goes. <laughs> Just but. making all these poor people tie-dye all fucking day. I'd be like, get me out of this institution. <laughs> this is my personal hell. Ah! <laughs> it was fun like the a first... little bit here yeah. there. No. That's like, a, yeah, I, no, I can't do that. It was fun production. the first, like, ten times, and now I just need to go. Yeah, this was a fun thing that turned into, like, an extreme crazy moment. <laughs> I'm very unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the 21st century, a revived interest in more sophisticated tie-dye de- techniques emerged in the fashion and hobby industry, characterized by simple... Motives, microchromatic color schemes, a focus on fashionable garments and fabrics other than cotton, and the pursuit of tie-dye as an art form rather than a common commentary commentary. Commentary? C-O-M-M-O-D-I-T-Y. Commodity. Commodity. There it is. Woo! All right. So that's the gist on that. Sick. Yeah, 21st century taking over. Let's talk about some designs and patterns. Yes, please. A tie-dye can be used to create a wide variety of designs on fabric from standard patterns such as the spiral peace sign diamond. Ooh, diamond. And the marble effects to a beautiful work of art. Using techniques such as stencils, in quotations, uh, as in screen printing, using dyes or discharge pastes. Clamped on shapes, block, shape blocks. That's kind of cool. Clamped on shape blocks. Mm-hmm. And, ooh, and tear-tick, stitching and gathering. Tear-tick? Hmm. Stitching and gathering. <laughs> Tie-dye can produce almost any design desired. If modern kits used 
if a modern kit is used, then it's easier to accomplish a spiral or a circle. Which we use a modern kit, and it's like, check out this classic spiral. Yeah. But that would be pretty cool to um, just to like gather up and just do a little tiny stitch to kind of keep it there. And then maybe also using the elastic band to just have some sort of different thing going on. Mm-hmm. Tie dye can get pretty freaking intense. <laughs> yeah, I'm into this. Yeah. All right. So now the history of tie dye, because believe it or not, it wasn't created in the 60s. I thought so, but hey, because <laughs> my mind doesn't go beyond that. Um, earliest examples of tie-dye in the Far East are from Siri Dynasty, the 5th century AD China. Oh, my the gosh. Early, yeah. The earliest surviving examples of pre-Columbian tie-dye in Peru date from 500 to 810, uh, 810 AD. Their designs include small circles and lines with bright colors, including red, yellow, blue, and green. Okay. So this is hella old. I mean, yeah. to think of it this way, how how do you think they patterned clothing before yeah. anything sure. else? Yeah. <laughs> before North America thought this up. <laughs> they left and got inspired. And then brought it on back. All right. So Asia. Okay, here we go with the pronunciation. Shibori is a tie is a form of tie-dye which originated in Japan and has been practiced there since the 8th century. Shibori includes several labor-intensive reset resist techniques which include stitching elaborate patterns and tightly gathering the stitching before dyeing, forming mm-hmm. intricate designs for kimono, obai, and other accessories and garments. Other shibori methods is to wrap fabric around a core or sorry, around a core of rope, wood or other materials and blind, bind it tightly with a string or thread. The areas of fabric that are against the core or under the binding would remain undyed. In Indonesia, especially in Java, tie-dye is known as jumpenten. Ooh, I hope okay. I'm saying that right. Other terms include plenji and Tirtik are Indonesian terms divided by Javanese words for methods of re- words for methods related to tie dye. In Indonesia, the ooh, tie dye might combine with other dyeing techniques. T- techniques, holy cow, such as batik <laughs> jumtuan, which combine tie dye with batik wax resisted dyeing. Mm-hmm. ICAT, oh no, ICAT, is a method of tie dyeing the wrap or sorry, the wrap or weft before the cloth is woven. So even before we get to the whole woven spot. All right. <laughs> Banhan Banhanai. Banhanai? I hope so. Man, <laughs> I'm just I'm so confident when I'm reading this in my brain and then as soon as I have to use my mouth. <laughs> Uh oh. You just space plant? Yep, space plant. Yeah. All right. Anyways, Bendahai is an Indian form of tie dye that originated in Western India. Mudmi tie dye originated in Thailand, the neighboring part of Laos. Um, It used different shapes and colors from other types. Ooh, from other types of tie dye, and the and the colors are in general more subdued. 
Other differences is the base color is black, which would make it jumpy more. Mm-hmm. Vibrant colors. In the 1941 book, Orphans of the Pacific, about the Philippines, it was noted there are a few thousand bagobos who wore highly decorated clothes made of hemp fiber, all tie-dyed into fancy designs, and who further ornamented themselves with big metal with big metal discs. I was going to go big metal dicks. Big metal dicks. I don't know what's wrong with me. Why am I like that? I'm like that too. Okay, sick. I was like, you know she's not going to say that, but why do you want to fill it? Letters. I'm like, okay, and we're out. I'm like, she's. I fill in the blank so quickly in my head. Yeah, totally. Well, it's like you're reading and you already jumped to the end of the thing. Yeah, big metal dicks. Whoops, big metal dicks. In Africa, tie-dye techniques have also been used for centuries. In the Hausa region of West Africa, with renowned indigo dye pits located in the, uh, the, the, the holy crap, indigo dye pits located in and around Kano, Nigeria, the tie-dye clothing then richly embroidered in traditional prints. It has been suggested that these African techniques were the inspiration for tie-dyed garments identified with the hippie fashion. Okay. Alright. Tie-dyeing was known in the U.S. by 1909 when Professor Charles E. Pello, not Pillow, Pello, mm-hmm. not <laughs> to be Columbia, confused, not to be confused, of Columbia University acquired some samples of the tie-dye mezzelin and subsequently gave a lecture and live demonstration of the technique. Although Shibori and... Oh, God, get out of here, Ichiko. <laughs> I just got text sprayed over what I was reading. Although Shibori and Batik techniques were used occasionally in the Western fashion before 1960s, modern psychedelic tie-dye did not become fad until... did not become a fad until the late 60s following the example set by rock stars such as Janis Joplin and John Sebastian, who did his own dying. That's cool. That's very cool. Um, in 2011, the, the film documentary Magic Trip, which showed an amateur film, amateur film footage taken during the 1964 cross-country bus journey mm-hmm. of co- counterculture icon Ken Kelsey and his merry... And his merry pranksters showed the travelers developing a form of tie-dye by taking LSD beside a pond, <laughs> pouring an LSD model airplane paint into it before placing a white t-shirt upon the surface of the water. Oh, my God. <laughs> Putting toxic fucking things in the water before tie-dye. <laughs> Woo, acid! <laughs> oh, I'm sure it looks good. <laughs> Although the process is closer to paper marbling, the accompanying narrative, the travelers claim credit for inventing tie-dyeing. Uh, I mean, a method. Mm-hmm. A method. Tie-dyeing, yeah. particularly uh, after the introduction of affordable writ dyes, became popular as cheap and accessible way to customize inexpensive t-shirts, well, my sister and I did, <laughs> singlets, dress dresses, jeans, army surplus clothing, and other garments into psychedelic creations. Some of the lending names and or sorry, lending? Oh, Brit. Some of the leading <laughs> names tie-dye at this time were Walter Baby Dye Works, 
run by Anne Thomas and Maureen Mobim, uh, Burt Bliss, and Uptide, the latter winning uh, Cody Award for Major Creativity in Fabrics in the 70s. Uptide created tie-dye vel- velvets and silk chevrons, which were used for exclusive one-of-a-kind garments by Halston Donald Brooks and Gail Kil- Kilpatrick, while other tie-dyers, Smooth Tooth Ink, dyed garments for Dior and Jonathan L- Logan. In the late 60s in London, uh, Gordon Dighton? Dighton? created tie-dye shirts and trousers for young fashionable men, which he sold throughout the Simpsons of Piccadilly Department of Store and... Okay, let me restart that. (laughs) Fashionable trousers for young fashionable men, which sold through the Simpsons of Piccadilly Department Store in London. So, that is the history of the tie-dye. Going from earliest examples to when it like made its big hit back in the sixties. Love it. And then I found this fellow while I was sniffing around, which I feel like eh, this is I mean, it's not modern, but you know, it's like the research. Sixties mm-hmm. moment. So this guy's name is um <clears throat> excuse me, Hugo Pindella. Um, he is widely considered the premier tie-dye artist on the scene today. With each ring and fold, he continues to develop the infinite possibilities of the art of tie-dye. Whether it's tapestry or a t-shirt, um, each Hugo is a unique creation, a work of art. Hugo being created... Be- oh, my God. <laughs> Hold on, everybody. Let me take a sip of my LaCroix. Just wet wet your whistle there. Yeah, I'm like, this tongue is twisted and dry. What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get back to it. Hugo began creating tie-dyes as a teenager in the late 60s. He started out like anyone else with a bucket and a box of RIT dye. I hope it's called RIT and not R-I-T. Either way, sorry, everybody. I'm on a different planet today. (laughs) We're doing our best. Yeah. I was trying to make it through the day today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> an early uh, uh, an early and enthusiastic deadhead by the 80s, he was sporting his show of show habit by selling tie-dyes on the Grateful Dead tours. When people began to seek him out for t-shirts and tapestries, he decided to create tie-dyes full-time. So a deadhead is like a huge Grateful Dead fan. And if you're not familiar with the Grateful Dead, People literally get in a bus and fucking follow them around (laughs) the world. (laughs) And yeah, they're a good band. You should listen to them. I'm sure people still do it. And uh, yeah. Um, Anybody I've met who's a deadhead prides themselves on that. And I think that's very nice. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) if that's what you're into, you should, yeah, you should totally be proud of it. Usually, I mean, with the music that I've heard from them, they spread a good positive vibe. So, hey, whatever. Uh, I'm not super familiar, but I'm sure I would be if I... If I checked it out. Dad, he's a Jerry Garcia guy, so. Oh, okay. I'm, I don't, I have like one of their records, but I don't like listen to them all the time. I'm not considered a deadhead. But I would, but I, I do, bet but you. I do like. <laughs> but I mean, like, I bet you if I like popped in a, a CD or something, I'd be like, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're, 
big enough that they've been on the radios for fuck since our parents were kids. So, or at least young adults. Since I was a fetus. <laughs> yeah, since before me. <laughs> Oh, all right. So, yeah, he started doing that full time. Yuko's hobby turned into an aesthetic as he began to draw on Japanese paper dyeing techniques, origamis, and his own technique of folding and wrinkling out fabrics. Mm-hmm. Wrinkle, wrinkle, ringing, ringing, ringing sorry, not wrinkling, ringing. ringing out fabrics. Go out there. <laughs> By his own account, he's tied more knots than any sailor on the planet. He's developed a subtle color palette that is warm, um, always organic feeling, and never garsh. Garsh? Garish? Garish. Never garish. Garsh. <laughs> Goofy just jumped in for that one. His pieces have graced the stages of many bands, including Grateful Dead, Jerry Garcia, mm-hmm. New Riders of the Purple Sage, and Dave Matthews Band, to name a few. When you cool. wear Hugo, inevitably, someone will recognize it. If you're at a show or walking down the street or even standing in line at a grocery store, don't be surprised when a stranger exclaims, Nice Hugo! There's a nod of recognition, a mutual connection, a stranger becomes a friend. That's very Grateful Dead. <laughs> I do remember I do remember seeing a lot of Grateful Dead tie-dyed shirts. Oh, yeah. I think, I don't know if you can get a Grateful Dead t-shirt that's not tie-dyed. Yeah. I might be wrong. <laughs> I don't know. But they also I like have it, like though. the little rainbow teddy bears too. Yeah, yeah, they they love color. Yeah, I think there was I think there was a rainbow Grateful Dead teeny beanie. I mean, a uh, tie dyed teen. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't see I'm why not. Pr- yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a thing. It has Anyways. to be a thing. Yeah, it has to be. All right, and then just to finish it off, once you've experienced a Hugo, you'll never look at tie dye the same way again. And let me tell you. I like I just kind of stumbled upon this and I'm like, oh, this is a nice little thing to put in there because, yeah, like Grateful Dead, they love tie dye. This guy's like just turned a hobby into a reality. Like, yeah, I love making it. Making some monies. Um, making some monies. And then I'm like, well, let's take a look. And it's it's pretty wild. Like it's some groovy shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really I'll post some on the Instagram because it's like out of this world. <laughs> It's really beautiful, and a, like a long T-shirt goes for a hundred bucks. American. Oh, I mean, yeah. But like, but that's what I mean. Like, some, like good handmade tie-dye, tie-dye, is mm-hmm. like fucking cool. Oh yeah, this is yeah. like super groovy. It's like, like um, I guess kind of like screensaver-esque. Like you know how they mm-hmm. like it has like the colors that kind of meld into each other and make those cool shapes. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that, except extremely. I, it's crazy. Um, you can get like a nice little short sleeve um, kind of like light dress, like kind of a wreck beach style dress for 160 bucks. Okay. But yeah, it's it. Yeah, they're really nice. Like you get what you pay for for sure. But yeah, I'll post some of the stuff on there because it's pretty phenomenal. Um. Yeah, I just want to... I'm going to try and send one to you, Kelsey. Please. Let's see. But I can't send it on uh, Skype because <laughs> I suck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do it. So I'll send it to you at Facebook. I think the link has been sent. It's pretty crazy. It's... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And then oh, I my God. That- 
Yeah, right? <laughs> what the hell? Crazy. That's insane. I know, right? Wow. And then I got this little write-up on um, Hugo's website, which is called HugoDies.com. It's his bio. Nice. So you can check out all his other fucking crazy creations. I like his. Yeah, it's I like wild. His... Like, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, my sister did a spiral. That's probably the fucking coolest thing ever. And then I looked at that. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's crazy. That's dope. Yeah, this is like, I can't even begin. That's like looking through a kaleidoscope. Yeah, no, the, there you go. That's perfect. Yeah. That's a, a perfect idea of what that is, or how a way to describe that. I'm going to send you what my uncle has made to his aren't like, like that, but they're pretty cool. Oops, I have to say it. Okay. Well, I think I saved it. Do, 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 do. And this one, this one's my uncle's. This is your uncle's? Yeah, the next one. Yes! I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure he, like, sets up shop in the Okanagan Vernon region, if anybody's curious and wants to buy some tie-dye. <laughs> oh, my God, I want one of your uncle's I'll have to ask him. I'll have to ask him where he sets up shop. I would like a tie-dye. Or if he has, like, an online store. Tie-dyed crop tank top, please. Thank you. Yum. He did one with, like, a, it was, like, a heart. It's like um just a generic kind of tank top or like uh I guess pff, Avril Lavigne kind of tank top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, it was all like different colors, more like pinks and purples and whatever, and a heart in the middle. I'm like, how fuck you put a heart in the middle? It's That's crazy, dope, man. Yeah, but it get, it gets pretty artsy. It's, yeah, I was I was surprised. It impressed, very impressed. I'm impressed. I'm impressed, yeah. man. Yeah, I've got this venereal disease t-shirt, but I mean, kaleidoscopes <laughs> <laughs> uh, are cool too. Maybe it's tie-dyed, maybe it's venereal disease. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that. Sick. I said on my tie-dye sh- situation. Love it. Which is actually... a few words, but hey, whatever. Well, that was interesting. That was very interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it was a little deeper than I thought. I'm like, oh, fuck, how am I going to figure out how to fill some time with tie-dye? But I'm like, oh, (laughs) I actually only scraped the surface. I don't know much about tie-dye after all. No, and like there's, like you mentioned, like different fabrics, different dyes, different techniques. It's like it's just a a rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right? So now it makes more sense, too, when my uncles ask me all these questions. I'm like, who cares? Oh, it turns out it matters. Okay. It matters. And now you can be like, now you can impress him with your new found tie-dyed knowledge. And wedge. Like, listen to this little pearl, uncle. Yeah. He'll be like, oh my God. He'll be like, you're my new favorite. You're my new favorite niece. Yeah. I'm leaving you tie-dyed in my inheritance. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Nice work. This was a hard one. I, I, I felt really confident when I was like, crime. And then and then it was difficult. And I, I settled on a few, one specifically, okay. and then I mm-hmm. fell off of it because I was like, that will take, that will require much more research than I have the time for. Yeah. So originally, I was really interested in um, the Von Dutch murder. Oh. Because, you know, fashion. Yeah. Tie dye fashion. Mm-hmm. And then and then I like I said, decided I just needed 
to do a little, I didn't have time. It was, it was interesting and I had, I didn't have time. So instead, uh-huh. I've, I very, like I'm, I, I'm thrilled to talk about this person, but I unfortunately and sadly landed on the very strange case of Ruslana Korshinova. Oh. Who is a, a Russian descent supermodel or runway model. Okay. So we'll get to it. So mm-hmm. Ruslana Korshinova, pardon me, I'm trying. <laughs> was a Russian model, so yes, she established herself as a rising figure in the fashion industry by posing for magazines including Vogue and designers such as Vera Wang and Nina Risi. Rishi? Risi. Richie? You know who that is. I have no idea. She has the, <laughs> yeah. per- the perfume that's shaped like an apple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Korshinova's unexpected death under unexplained circumstances has had become a longtime controversial subject of international attention. So Ruslana Korshinova was born in, please forgive me, Almaty, Kazakh, SSR. Oh my goodness. Her father, Sergei Korshinova, I'm trying, died in 1992 when she was five years old. Her mother, Valentina, and her elder brother, Ruslan, live in Kazakhstan. With different degrees of fluency, she spoke Russian. Kazakh, English, and German. Oh, wow. She was discovered in 2003 when All Asia Magazine printed a story on Almaty's local German language club, which Koshinova was then attending. Her photograph, which was featured in the article, caught the attention of Debbie Jones of Models One. Jones tracked down and signed up the then 15-year-old Koshinova, who is nicknamed the Russian Rapunzel for her knee-length chestnut brown hair. Korshinova was represented by IGM, which is a very big modeling agency, Mm -hmm. New York, Paris, London, and Milan, Beatrice, Milan, and Traffic Models Barcelona, Maryland Model Agency, and Eye Casting in Moscow, which was her mother agency. British Vogue hailed Korshinova as a face to be excited about in 2005. Korshinova modeled for the covers of French Elle and the Russian version of Vogue. She also modeled for print ads for Nina Risi, Blue Girl by Blue Marine, Clarins, Ghost, Gearbod, Kenzo Accessories, Marthy and Francois, Max Studio, Moschino, Old England, Pantene. Actually, I do recognize her from Pantene ads. That kind of breaks my heart. Paul Smith and Vera Wang Laundry. Lingerie. Laundry. Laundry. Thank you. Thank you. So that's this is and and she's fucking stunning she's yeah, just have to look her up i probably yeah she's her. she's like you know when you look at someone you're like you can't have any problems with a face like that i mean that's yeah. not correct that's the worst thing to say to anybody but when you when you she's so fucking gorgeous like genetic lottery yeah yeah so getting into it um so that was a little background brief brief little background on this stunning young lady from Wikipedia. And now I'm going to jump into morbidology.com. And here we go. So the strange death of Ruslana Korshinova and the rose of the world cult. 
What? <gasps> oh, I love a good cult. Yeah, this girl, she just, I just, she's fucking so gorgeous. I just can't. Okay. All right. In 2008, supermodel Ruslana Kushnova went plummeting to the ground from her ninth floor apartment in New York. Before her death, she had been linked to the controversial training center, the Rose of the World. Mm. Born in 1987. <laughs> yeah, so young. Ruslana Korshnova was an up-and-coming Kazakhstani model of Russian descent. With her beautiful, sorry, with her blue piercing eyes and blonde hair, Ruslana turned heads wherever she went and had posed in popular fashion magazines, including Vogue. When she was 15 years old, she was scouted and propelled into the world of high fashion. It was the 28th of June, 2008. Ruslana went plummeting to the ground from her ninth floor apartment in New York. I heard a thump. I thought a car hit a person. I turned around and there was a young girl laying in the road, stated one witness. Ruslana was pronounced dead on the scene. She was 20 years old. There were no drugs or alcohol in Ruslana's blood, and she had no history of mental illness. Recorded history mm -hmm. of mental illness. Her death was then ruled a suicide. Wow. According to police, Ruslana had ended her own life after she'd become depressed with money problems and a failed affair with a man from Moscow. The media reported Ruslana had allegedly confided in a life coach that she had been depressed and had considered suicide beforehand. The life coach, oh gosh, um, I tried to say his name earlier. Oh. Uh, Vladislav? Vladislav? It may or may not be wrecked. I might, might have wrecked it. Okay. <laughs> he said, I saw her and heard her stories that no one else had heard. The most important thing about her and her internal world was that she was lonely. There was no one that was really dear to her except for her mother. Vladislav was a so-called life coach in the Rosa Training Center in Moscow. He revealed that he had come to the training center in January and February and had been searching for peace of mind. He said that Ruslana was troubled about her affair. Oh, sorry. He revealed that she had come to the training center in January and February and had been searching for peace of mind. He said that Ruslana was troubled about her affair with a married man and that she had been struggling financially. He said that she asked him for money and he had hinted that she was being taken advantage of, but she refused to elaborate any further. No suicide note had been found in Ruslana's apartment and her friends and family were adamant that she would never have taken her own life. In fact, Ruslana had recently returned from a successful modeling trip in Paris and had been scheduled for another modeling job in Texas the same week. And like, this is a high caliber model. She's not bringing Yeah, in. yeah. Not just some beginner. Mm hmm Not me when I was 14, that's for sure. No, no. Well, I mean, and to start work when you're like 15, like, if, yeah, that would be lonely. Like, you have no peers to well, connect to. And like, she's so gorgeous. Like, I, I would imagine she had a hard time because uh, she's she's my age so I can I, I mean I grew up in that era so it's like um everyone's mean to you because it's the 90s or well, mm -hmm. early 2000s early 2000s my bad and like uh, everyone's judgy everyone wants to find something wrong with you we have a whole industry based on insecurities that you're working in yeah and, and you're absolutely fucking stunning like 
full stop, jaw on the floor, stunning young lady that's making a model, making a model, making money off of your literal appearance. Yeah. And I bet you it was very isolating and very lonely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, <sighs> it feels isolating and lonely when that's not the case. So. <laughs> yeah. And like coming like coming out of the 90s and the early 2000s, like people we're fucking mean. People are mean now. Like we are yeah. mean now, but people, but people are a little, are a little, little bit more they're still a little more empathetic or whatever a, now. A little more self-aware <laughs> of their narcissism and but yeah. like then that, people did not give a shit. <laughs> no, fuck At no. Least was, I don't think they did. I didn't. No, <laughs> I exactly. And like I just even even me like I I remember what it's like to be, this is a really disappointing thing, but it's the truth. Like, I remember what it's like to be a very confused, hormonal, early 20-something-year-old and, you know, you're mad that this other person is cuter than you or something. And it's like, yeah. it's just, it's a, it's, it, it's petty and it's awful and it, it, our culture bred it. Totally. Yeah. So, and then again, she worked in that culture. So, fuck, man. Okay. Yeah. Ruslana had been proud of how much she had achieved. She had recently started dating a new man, Mark, and would spend most of her time in his Staten Island home. She was doing good. She was one of the top models, and she was happy with this. He's, this is what Mark said. Mm-hmm. Ruslana and Mark had plans for the evening to go out to a best friend's birthday, as one friend had said. I saw a spark in her eyes when she was with him. He was thrilled. She was thrilled. Her mother, Valentina, accepted that Ruslana had been depressed at one point in her life, but said this was around a year before and things had improved dr- drastically since then. I also will say, like, because I, I used to work a little bit as a runway model and I used to try to be, like, I used to act a little bit, like, I had to go to some auditions and, like, whatever. And then, like, my husband, obviously, is a, a actor of sorts. He's a stunt double. But, like, I relate, I can relate completely with him when he goes to auditions and doesn't get them. And, like, that sense of loss and disappointment yeah. and, like, what's wrong with me? Because, like, I experienced that as a much younger person. And I don't do, I don't work in that industry because it didn't work for me. My mental health really struggled. It was hard. Even mm-hmm. though I know it has nothing to do with me. They're looking for something and I just wasn't it. And that's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It doesn't have any impact on me other than that. But like, I understand how like, if, if, you know, I mean, she's getting more gigs now. She was doing really, really well. Maybe there was a lull mm-hmm. and, you know, she was pretty bummed. And then like, she started doing really well again. It's like, I understand that. And it's, it's hard. Um, And that style of, Instant gratification is no different than getting like a thousand likes on like an Instagram post and someone telling you. Totally. Super, yeah. Yeah. Except for like a lot of money comes with getting hired. In the world <laughs> yeah. Versus Insta- yeah. It's a little more than a thousand likes, but I yeah. I get the yeah. Yeah. Just someone pumping your tires. Totally. And when you're brought into that world at such a young age, when you don't have the capacity potentially to yeah. sort through those feelings, that would be really hard. And like. In the early 2000s, too, therapy wasn't normal. So, like, even her probably going to this life coach was a little faux pas. I, granted, I don't necessarily agree with life coaches, but right. that's because I 
have an expensive therapist that has a lot of education and schooling to look after me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But again, that's my opinion. So yes. Anyways, we're not. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, my kind of like my heart goes out to this. I rest Lana big time. Okay. Totally. It's, it's heartbreaking. (laughs) Yeah. So the Rosa training center had an extremely controversial reputation with many critics referring to it as a cult. It's a psychological training center in Moscow that specializes in personal growth of its clients. It's a popular thing to do, said Anna Barsukova, another model who was friends with Ruslana. One of my friends went there too, but responded with concern. They do training about developing your personality. So like, this makes me think of like Landmark or some bullshit that Lululemon sends people. Yeah. Mm Psy seminars. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. taken these courses before. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, oh, right. Only, no, no. Only I remember. the first one, though, because, stop, 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 stop. yeah, I, remember. I was like, it's just too expensive. <laughs> and Great. they're like, no, there's more to it. I'm like, ah, it's too expensive. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to come to my graduating ceremony where I can, like, induct you in and make you take the next co- Yeah, no, I know. I know all yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I got sucked into it for a hot second, but, like... Yeah, I mean, Lucky for me, I was too poor to like proceed. And like, and I then think... I also just had a little thing in my stomach where I was like, I just don't know about this. I was pretty young totally. when I did it. And I think I might have been 21. And as much and... as I make fun of stuff like that too, I think for some individuals, there is value to be gained. Yeah, totally. I don't know who. I they think are. it depends on how you go about it. Like. I don't want to do it. I can it. see how it could maybe take advantage of people who are feeling a little lost. Yeah. Um, I, I think I if you're like secure that. with yourself, you could use the tools to do better. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It's it's really, it's a, it was a bizarre experience. I'm kind of glad I did it to take, like, have a little insight in there. And yeah, I used some of the tools that were given, but yeah, it was mostly, yeah, mostly bizarre. <laughs> I was mostly just like, what? <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. But like I said, I was like 21. I had other shit on my mind. I'm like, I, I'm here to like be better. And then I'm like, but I'm also 21. And I'm like thinking about what I'm doing after this that I'm <sighs> not supposed to be doing because I'm supposed to be focusing on myself right now, but I don't want to. <laughs> That's literally me in spin class every day. They're like, be present. I'm like, what'd you say? This could also be deemed a cult, right? You never know. <laughs> I like that cult. That one's yeah. that one is my that's for me. That's my kind of yeah. You just gotta pick what cult works best for you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Fine. My cult is expensive. It's not that expensive, but it's it's anyways, expensive. It's, yeah. Yeah. They try to tell yeah, me to do better and I I don't necessarily listen. But it's okay. Hey. Okay. Uh, so when it was discovered, Rosalina had att- attended the Rosa Training Center, which is also known as Rose of the World. Alarm bells began to ring for many. Concern about the training center escalated even further just the following year when Anastasia Dorzdova, a model from the Ukraine, jumped to her death after being linked to the controversial training center. Oh, what? Journalist Peter... Promarens Steve, these names are gorgeous and I'm killing them, <laughs> wanted to investigate Ruslana's death even further. He was one of the many who believed that the training center was, in fact, a dangerous cult. The Rosa Training Center had roots with Life Spring, an American cult which went bankrupt in 1980. 
after being sued by a plethora of its former followers for mental damage. They had been repeatedly aggressively lectured and demeaned by the life these life coaches. Ooh. <laughs> that's not usually what you sign up for with life coaching, but that's just You hope not, but <laughs> yeah. here, here they are. Um Pomerenstav found that the training center ran courses costing over $300 a day, and they used dehumanizing treatment to the members during the training sessions, wherein the life coaches humiliate the members and blame them for anything negative in their life. <laughs> That's pretty heavy. So just like the worst style of tough love, which is, again, not helpful at all, as yeah. we know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. At the training center, members would enter a dark room designed to stun the conscious mind and suspend critical thought. The life trainer then emerges and states, in the coming days, you will experience discomfort and fear. But this is good. This is the inner barrier you have to break through. Those who are in attendance are then ordered to share their worst experiences and recalled repressed memories. After several months of the training center, friends and family of Ruslana noticed a change in her behavior. She had become aggressive and swore. She also lost a lot of weight. Well, I'm assuming if she's a model at that time, she probably didn't have a lot of weight to be lost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, if we if we think back at to, like, Nexium, for example, like, they mm-hmm. used the they limited food intake and sleep in order to essentially brain be able to brainwash their members and to get them into doing what they're wanting. Cause like you lose free will when you're that exhausted and you're, yeah. you can't think for yourself. All you want to do is be told what to do because you can't fucking function. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Like that's a, that's a, a age old method, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, when I'm just like hungry and haven't eaten for two hours, cause I'm like busy at work or something, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so like imagine, days of that like yeah well and like even like when I was modeling like years and years and years ago and I was hyper (laughs) hyper focused on being super thin and I was like I know how to do this it's easier than education and that was because I was literally starving and I'm not saying models are all starving no I can only speak from my own experience yeah So, well, and it takes a lot of work to keep that physique, like, oh let's my God. be honest. So, but, like, like, I would I would flunk out of things, and I'd be like, well, I'm just not smart. Like, someone tell me what to do, because I was, like, my no, brain... No, your brain's hungry. <laughs> but, yeah, I was, my, I was hungry. Yeah, like, I was nutrients. super hungry. My brain was fucking exhausted. And I was also, because I was um, exhausted and uh, underweight and t- whatever, I was also very aggressive and, uh, yeah, so... Parvenstab himself would join the training center to get a first-hand experience of what truly went on behind the closed doors. He spoke with one of the life coaches who allegedly stated Ruslana was a typical victim. Sometimes it's better to commit suicide than not to change. Oh. <laughs> Holy God. Yeah, that's what one of that's what one of their life coaches said. Like what life a, coach. That, yeah, like how where's the accountability there? Like that's yeah. just like, totally. oh, sorry. And like, let's let's roll back here. You put a healthy young, well, we don't know, but you put a beautiful, vibrant individual, probably very healthy individual beginning before they entered into this program into such a state of mind that they were desperate enough to complete suicide. Yeah. That's fucked. 
And you and you have no account of like I mean I'm sure you have to tell yourself whatever you gotta tell yourself to go to bed at night, but it's like, yeah, I mean, I just I I can't wrap my head around that one. Yeah, me neither. It's pretty fucked. Uh, she was a typical victim. Sometimes it's better to commit suicide than not to change. Fuck you, Jesus. Oh. Oh. Yikes. Well. Ruslana's family still believe that she did not end her life. Instead, she had been the victim of foul play. Her death still remains ruled as a suicide. So there, the police investigated Ruslana's apartment. Mm-hmm. There was not, there was no sign of foul play. There was nothing in there, and it it appeared that she did like some of the articles and stuff said it looked like she had like it was like a running leap. But like when I mm-hmm. looked at the pictures of her apartment, she couldn't necessarily have because there was. Uh, it's a balcony, like it wasn't like a roof, right? And I and I like I think I said it was the ninth floor, the ninth story, and um, yeah, a terrible, 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 terrible way to go for such a very up and coming, shiny, bright individual, and that just kills me, and it makes me really sad that I just I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say like people. Like wolves in sheep's clothing. Like they're mm-hmm. they're people. They're like, pers- we're trying to help you. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. And that and that makes me very s- scared and upset and sad. And it's just when I was 20, a hundred percent. Yeah. Especially tw- a supermodel that's 20, like with a bank account, like take here's my money, help me. And then yeah. your your brain isn't fully developed. You're you're very susceptible to being manipulated and yeah, not to mention to add on the next level of like isolation because you're the stunning supermodel. And yeah. So that is the very bizarre death of Ruslana Korshinova. Oh shit. That's crazy. Is gorgeous. And I love her and I wish I could have been her friend and helped because we were the same age, but even if we weren't, I would have helped. <laughs> Jeez, that's so crazy. I want to yeah. dig into that cult later. <laughs> yeah. That's why, <sighs> yeah, that was, I was like tie-dye, fashion, fashion model. It was a hard, it was a hard one to link. I was cocky mm-hmm. at first and then I realized. I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, so, whatever. Yeah. I found one that was equally mortifying, so. Yeah. <laughs> and like, even just like my, like my heart just aches looking at her. I'm like, oh. That's super sad. It's awful. And then it's just like. <laughs> It's just shitty that it happened to someone else, too. And you're like, okay, well, like, yeah. how many people are just, like, doing that, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, God, it's so insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, and I don't know more on that cult if they're still in operation. They always um, seem to squeak by somehow. They do. I don't know how, but they do. Well, they pretend they're life coaches. So Rose of the World is was a group founded in the U.S. in 1970s, but was closed in the 1980s. Or that was the other. I don't remember the name. But oh, yeah. okay. But the yeah, the same, same group. Yeah, same, same. It still has several branches operating around the world, including Russia. Members pay about $1,200 for a three-day course to undergo dehumanizing treatments. Training sessions reportedly involve coaches asking participants to share their worst experiences, encourage them to take the blame for all the negative aspects of their lives, like I mentioned. Whoa. During the research for the book, 
Um, this is the, the the gentleman I told you about that actually joined to see what was going on. Right. The uh, Pomeranstav joined the group where he claims the male leader spoke about Korshinova's death. Ruslana was, this is what I said, Ruslana was a typical victim. It's sometimes better to commit suicide than not to change. Fuck that guy. Fuck you. Fuck you. So Korshinova was a member of this place cult for three months. Three months? Yeah. While Dorstova attended meetings for a year. Dorstova was the other model that jumped. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so Korshinova, who was represented by IGM Models, the same agency as Miranda Kerr, Gemma Ward, and Carly Kloss, joined after her short but successful career on the international modeling circuit when the work started drying up and her she was having issues with her boyfriend. And yeah, so yeah, she was looking, she was searching. And then, like I said, Dorstova also jumped to her death from the top of an apartment building in Kiev in 2009, a year after Korshinova. However, Dorstova left a note for her family, which said, forgive me for everything. Create, cremate me. Wow. Yeah. Oof. That's insane. Yeah. It's, it's, I just, ah, I, mm, I cannot, I cannot. And like, I, I just also just like the lack of accountability. They're like, ah, and then like, just, yeah, for them to even it's, fucking it's just say so that. arrogant too. It's just like, nah, well, you know, it's her fault. It's her fault. It's Maybe her she should have done this instead. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. What? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. And like young young men, obviously as well. I'm not gonna disclude them, but no, young it's wi- just humans in general. Young, young no, but I just mean I just mean like young men as well, but young women, because that's what we're talking about specifically, mm-hmm. are so malleable, and we're they're you're, like you're growing, you're changing. It's you're so susceptible. You need yeah. they need we you need protection, so much protection. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Well, shit. There's that. I don't have a joke, so. <laughs> okay, I can, I can, I can do a few. There you go. Let her rip. What do you call a jacket that's on fire? Mm, I don't know. A blazer. <laughs> How did I not know that? That was so obvious. Brits. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, that is a good one. What kind of dress cannot be worn? Dress cannot be worn. Dresser? <laughs> Address. But a dresser is a good answer. Address. Aww. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this one, and if you don't like it, we can cut it out. Okay. <laughs> what do you call a crocodile that fr- flirts with a woman? Crocodile hunter. Uh, Lacoste. Alacost. <laughs> I guess that's pretty good. Yeah. Alacost. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Sick. Aw, there. Yeah. Slate's clean. Did it. <laughs> Yeah, you did a killer job on the tie-dye. I'm sorry I had to get so fucking sad. Um, hey, it's, that's the name of the game. 
sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah. But also, I'm glad to talk about people like this and situations like that because you, you it needs to be talked about. Like the totally. It the kind best, of goes under the radar. It's, yeah, it's kind of gross. <laughs> and, well, and like I don't know. Um, I guess I could ask my friend that's Russian. Like I don't know how the news works over there. Like I know we have a fucking whole bias system of information that's being fed to us. But like, yeah, there's there's well, I'm sure they tidbits. Do. Everybody does. <laughs> a hundo, a hundo. But there's like tidbits of truth which I recognize. But like. Like, for example, in, like, Nexium, when that shit happened, it was so public, and I thought that was so important. I mean, right. it's 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 not important because you don't want a, a biased jury. Like, that's terrible. But, like, I think it's so important to educate the masses because, like, fuck, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, people get sucked into this shit all the time. And yeah. It's, like, it gets too far gone, and then they're kind of just trapped. <laughs> And yeah. Like, well, here we are. I've given my yeah. collateral. Now I'm a sex slave. Whoops. Yeah. Oh shit, that happened fast. Yeah. Didn't yeah. know I could get it's here just... ever. Yeah. No, you can kind of just t- stumble into it, and then it's yeah. too far. You're kind of fucked. Like it's not, it's not unusual to get trapped in these kinds of situations. Well, and like I remember, like you, like he went to the landmark thingy, but like I remember years ago, I was so intrigued by like uh, stonemasons. Uh huh. Cause it's like it's like a secret thing, and they don't like vaginas. They're like penis only clubs. So I was like, this is interesting to me, you know. Yeah. And like, there's Mason sim, sim like symbols everywhere, whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fucking. I'm just interested. I'm interested yeah. because I I don't have enough information. If I had enough information, I wouldn't fucking care. Yeah. So <laughs> my ex at the time, one of his uncles or something, or was a stonemason, and he would go to these meetings. So I was like, I want to go. I want to go. And he was like, well, yeah. you can't go. And I was like, but I want to go. Cause like, I want to know, I want to know what I can't know. Yeah. Anyways, I wiggled myself in with no relation to go to like, I think it's like, what was it called? Like the order of the morning star, which is like for the women. Oh, and I was like, nice. is- separate. Yeah. Well, it's just, I think it's just, fuck. I, I don't know. So I got to go and I had to dress up and I was like, this is fun. And I, I drank a whole bottle of wine before I went. I kind of like this. No, I just, cause I was like, this is going to be ridiculous. But anyways, my yeah. coworkers were like, you're going to a cult. Don't let them stick anything up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't let them probe you. Yeah. I was like, little do you know, <laughs> I'm drinking a whole bottle of wine. I'm showing up and giving zero fucks. So hi everybody. I'm here. Yeah, literally. And it was uh, it was very nice people, very nice people to this day. That's what I can say. Um, they did a whole ceremony with a sword. Cool. Yeah, it was kind of funky. Um, like a, like a knighting kind of ceremony. Like, whatever. It was weird. Oh, okay. Everyone was in like huge dresses, like ball gowns. I didn't own a ball gown, but I had a dress on for sure because I do have the things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I went to one thing and then I had to pay a registration fee and I didn't want to. So then someone else paid it for me. I was like, oh, that's very nice of them. And then I just didn't ever go back. They're like, oh, you're supposed to come to this meeting. I'm like, sorry, I'm working. (laughs) I just, I just, I just, how serious are you taking this? (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I went, I saw, I was like, this means nothing to me. I, yeah. Like, rats, I thought there was going to be some crazy thing. I don't know what I thought. Drink blood or something. Maybe. (laughs) But 
it wasn't a cult, a hundred percent will say. I don't I can't speak to the Freemasons because I You weren't allowed in. Or stonemasons? What did I say? I said stonemasons? I meant yeah. Freemasons. Freemasons. Oh, okay. <laughs> my bad. Stonemasons was the Simpsons. <laughs> Freemasons. Anyways, yeah. So yeah. So I have no bad things to say other than it was not my bag. Yeah. And uh that was my only experience with a cult adjacent, but again, I don't they were just nice people. They weren't Yeah. Just gathering they, to chat about shit. Totally. With a sword, which is fun. Yeah, why not? Yeah. And I can't I don't know I don't know what the fuck the Freemasons do. Like I'm I again my, my vagina was too vagina y. They were like, no. <laughs> it's too much veg. Yeah, vagine. Sorry I don't have a fucking dick. Yeah. You've can't like, help it. Can't why, help see, it. I should try again and just I mean, that's not fair because I'm not. So this is a terrible thing I'm about to say. But I could be just like a trans man. Will you let me in? I'm not, though. So I can't. But if. I'm saying hypothetically. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I, I don't know much about this at all. So. I mean. Don't ask. I'm us. just going to say We're if just... it's dick-only club, they're probably going to be maybe a little weird about it. Because, I mean, it's already weird that's dick-only club. But, hey. It's fucking it's super me. weird. It's misogynistic <laughs> and terrible. Like, fuck yeah. Fuck. Yeah, it's just like separating bad. things more and more and more, you know. Well, like, and then so. like remember the dum dum that like sued um I don't know what the fuck that fucking gym was called. She's fit or some shit or some fitness women's only gym something. He's like, "Well, I want to be in here." And it was like and he he, he got away with it cuz it was discrimination. Oh my but, God. It was, but it was like, "Yo, the gym, like you have everything else." Yes, uh, and we don't want to be objectified. Stop it. Yeah, and then I want to go do Stairmaster, okay? Yeah, and without you looking at my butt. Yeah, it already sucks. I don't need you behind me. I don't want double <laughs> suck. Yeah. This isn't a porno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, like, all I want to do is go to a fucking Freemason meeting, and I'm not allowed in because of my vagina. My labia. Yeah. My labia won't let me in the door. <laughs> Lame. Lame. All right. I can go on. For... I digress. I'll, I'll just stop. I just... <laughs> I just... I just... Let me in, damn it. Let me in your club. (laughs) I'm going to drink a whole bottle of wine and never come back. It'll be great. (laughs) Want to get wonder, baby? Yeah. Don't you want it? Yeah. Yeah, you do. (laughs) The one one and done club. That's me. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. All right. Wow. That was a good work. To end on. Yeah. Definitely. Tell me more about your fucking patriarchal aggression, Kelsey. <laughs> Get out of my gym! <laughs> oh, they they already know. Fuck. <laughs> ah. uh, okay. Well, you know who also hates the patriarchy is Jill. So you can email Jill at deepnerder at gmail.com. You guys find us on deepnerder at Instagram. <laughs> yes. We don't have Twitter. Fuck off. <laughs> um listen to us on the things acast apple spotify anything else stuff things. if you have a phone you have access yeah don't find us around. yeah Here, here's the thing you're lying to yourself <laughs> look up this podcast <laughs> don't lie to yourself look up this podcast <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, be a, don't be a fucking cunt <laughs> Just listen, man. Just listen. Just, just like listen to the, the sweet, sweet words of Deep Nerder. 
you might learn something or you know what? You might get dumber. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. You never know. One one of the two. I think, (laughs) I think we're getting a little smarter every day. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting smarter. So that's good. Yeah. So this is all about us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And whoever wants to come along for the journey. (laughs) I mean, Britt was a listener and now she's a host. (laughs) Yeah. You never know if you have dreams can really come true. <laughs> okay. Till next time. Bye. 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 Bye.